I always love the first week of new series. The problem with teaching series around here is that we teach them for about a month at a time. We just hunker down on a subject. We look at a subject. And so this is the first time you've heard this subject. But I've been prepping for this subject for about two months now, knowing we were going to talk about studying, looking up stuff, researching. So normally what happens is by about the second week of a series, I'm so sick of that series because I'm two and a half months into it, but I can't wait to start the next series. And so I'm excited that we're starting this series. We're calling this series very simply Chasing Blank. Because the blank for all of us is different. But make no mistake about it, we live in a day and time where everybody in this room is chasing something. We're chasing something that will bring us happiness. Something that will bring us fulfillment. Something that will bring us peace. Something that will bring us joy. We live in a world that we literally call the rat race. We're all racing and we're all chasing. There's not a person in this room who either at one time, today, or very soon will realize for whatever reason they will feel they have some type of discontent. There's something missing in their life, something that they've seen that somebody else has and they want, and we begin to chase, chasing after things. And whatever we're chasing varies from person to person. I don't know what that thing is for you, but everybody here has that thing that they need, like I said, to be happy, fulfilled, satisfied. And this, to be honest with you, confession time, they say confession is good for the soul, it's bad for the ego. This is something my entire life that I have struggled with. Until probably about two years ago, when I got very intentional in my life about learning where true contentment comes from, learning where true joy comes from, learning where true happiness comes from. I have spent, I'm 43 now, I spent 41 years of my life daily chasing different things and destroying my life in the process. I lost everything because I was chasing things. I ruined relationships because I was chasing things. I hurt people I love because I was chasing things. Almost lost everything again because, man, I'm not smart enough to learn the first time. And I'm just chasing things, chasing, chasing money, chasing success, chasing notoriety, chasing fame, chasing approval, uh, just whatever it is that you want to plug in. I spent my life chasing those things, and the problem always happens is, is once you catch it, it brings you everything you wanted for about a day. For about a day, you have that satisfaction. For about a day, you had that fulfillment. For about a day, you had that happiness. And if you're wired like me, you wake up the next day and you're like, something's missing. What are we chasing today? And the chase of life will wear you out. We're always in what I like to call that chase, that continual pursuit for more. We don't understand where true happiness comes from. We chase money. We chase stuff. We chase perfection. We chase comfort. My favorite thing that people chase, this always amuses me, 
We chase normal. I, I just want a normal life. What the hell is a normal life? What we really mean is we're chasing the illusion of a normal life. The social media illusion of the white picket fence. The wife, the husband, the two kids, one's a boy, one's a girl. The perfect golden retriever, two cars in the yard, and our great job that pays us a million dollars a year. And we never have any kind of unnormal in our life. I'm going to burst your bubble real quick. I'm going to help a lot of you through this series. I'm going to be covering different subjects that we chase, but I've got some bad news for you. If you're one of those people that is chasing normal, I can't help you until you just accept the fact that there is no normal. My normal is different than your normal, and your normal is different than their normal, and the person next to you, look at them. They sure aren't normal. So, I mean... But we're always chasing stuff. We chase approval. We, we, we chase things that we feel like in our life are lacking. And as we chase these things, our life comes up lacking. <laughs> so as we introduce this series, I want to talk about a theme today. One of the things that I think that we chase, and I've been now teaching for, I'm 20, I'm 43 I've been teaching for 22 years in full-time ministry. I moved here 15 years ago. Matter of fact, someone just sent me a message backstage. I moved here 15 years ago to start a church, and today they're celebrating 15 years. So 15 years this Sunday, I've been pastoring in Canton, Georgia. And I've never, ever, ever taught on this subject. Because it's funny, I don't know that 15 years ago this was a relevant subject. But times change. The answers in the book don't. But today I want to talk about a thing that a lot of you have never even thought about that you're chasing. You don't even realize you're chasing it, but it's destroying you. Because it's like pouring water into your hand no matter how hard you can't hold it. Today we're going to talk about chasing fame. The pursuit of fame. <laughs> I want to be known. I want to be admired. I want to be liked. I want to be followed. I want to be accepted. I want to be respected. I want to be famous. Now, here's what's going to happen the minute I threw that out. A lot of you are like, this is an easy one for me. I don't suffer from that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. That's why you take 30 shots of that selfie to make sure it's perfect. Because you want to see how many likes you can get on Instagram and Facebook. Hello. That's why you get excited when you post something and people acknowledge it on social media. That's why you get all giddy if something happens and people begin to hear your name. Even if we don't realize so many of us are chasing fame, we live in a day and time where we're chasing fame. We judge each other by how many friends they have and how many followers they have and who we know. But here's the thing, I learned this, it doesn't matter who knows you, 
It's more important who's willing to say they. It's not, it doesn't matter how many people you know. It's more important how many people are willing to say they know you. We chase fame. We live in the social media day. We're all looking for that. And you might not even have full-blown cravings for fame, but you have those micro-cravings for fame. We want to be known, loved, accepted. In your circle, you want to be known. In your industry, you want to be known. And what happens is the pursuit for fame consumes us. We want to make everyone happy, so we overcommit. We end up doing more than we like because we don't want to let anybody down. But deep down, we want everyone to like us. We want to walk through the doors and everyone know our name. It, it could be a little pursuit of micro-fame. But we all have this desire to be known. We all have this craving to be known. <laughs> you go to work and you do your job. Like I said, micro-cravings, you want to know that you get credit for the job. It, it makes you mad that you do your job and the guy over here doesn't do his job and he gets as much credit for his job as you do for your job and you feel like you're not known. What's sad is a lot of you crave the fame in your own house. You don't even feel like you're known by your spouse. They see you. They talk with you. They say hello to you, but they don't know you. We want people to know. I get, we can't even do something good for people anymore without posting it on social media. Bought five turkeys today for Thanksgiving handout. You know why we do that? Because we want everyone blowing smoke up our ass. Wife's out of town. Deal with it. I'm cussing today. Because what I'm saying is I got to get you to realize this is where so many of us are at. Because we hear fame and we think I don't struggle with that. Yes, you do. You want people to just, just saw a homeless guy. gave him a 20. Awesome. Why would you feel like you had to let everybody know? Because you want everybody to praise you. You want all the likes. You know why so many of you know why so many of you put your drama on social media? Because you know your little network tribe, because most of the time we follow people that are just like us. You know that they're going to agree with you and they're going to affirm you and they're going to let you be known and they're going to give you that, that two seconds of fame. Look, I did this and put all my drama out there and 45 of my friends liked it. They understood what I was going through and they told me to be strong and you go, girl. We all need those little bitty cravings of fame. We're overly sensitive to criticism. How dare anybody criticize us and tell me I'm doing something wrong? It hurts our, hurts our fame. It's funny. A hundred people can tell us we do a good job and one person can tell us we do a bad job and uh, it, it hurts us. I know people that will post stuff on social media and if it doesn't get the reaction they like in the first five minutes, they pull it down and wait for a better time. Can I tell you how I know that? I know the times you should post. There are certain things I'll post anytime, but there's something I want a reaction to this. Ah, you know the best time to post is around 7 o'clock at night. 
give you a little tidbit there. Because everybody's worked, and you've come home from work, and you've ate dinner, and you got the kids ready for the night. And about 7, 7.30 is the first time most adults sit down for the first time. And guess what we do in our society nowadays? So the most people. I can post something on one of my business pages at 12 o'clock, and it'll get 30 likes. I can post the exact same thing at 7 o'clock at night, and it'll get three to 400 likes. See, we know when to post stuff. Why we take that perfect, oh man, like, I had a lady, she might be here today, I don't know if I should say this. I had a lady come into church a couple of weeks ago, and she introduced herself to me. I said, hey, nice to meet you. I've been wanting to come to your church, you know. We talk all the time, and I'm like, we do? She said, yeah, I've been commenting on your Facebook stuff for probably two years now, telling you I was going to come to church. I'm like, you do? And so I, and then now I feel bad, like I don't want to ask her name, so I'm eavesdropping as someone else. I send somebody, I said, go introduce yourself to her. Get her name. Comes back, her name's so-and-so. I said, oh, okay, so-and-so. Type in so-and-so. Oh, that is so-and-so. I didn't recognize them without the filters on her face and the upshot that makes her look like she's 110 pounds because, you know, when you're stretched out like this, it gets rid of the double chin and you don't get to see her thing. I was like, that is so-and-so. I have been talking to her for like two years. I remember when her mom died and I prayed for her. Man, she's been talking about coming to church. Oh, so-and-so. Wow, that did not look like so-and-so. Why do we do that? Because we want fame. We want to be known. <laughs> we come up with the perfect caption. We can't wait to share something that we just know is going to get a reaction. I've actually got to where I don't post a lot of stuff anymore, and I just send it to Alice. And I'm like, hey, check this out. I'm not going to post it. You know, but, but here's the deal. I, I get some of you are above that. I get some of you are grounded. You're not immature like your pastor. And seek out notoriety. But it's an important subject. Because here's why. You might not be doing it, but your kids are doing it. And your grandkids are doing it. I read some stats this week. They said the number one goal, they, they interviewed over 10,000 kids between 10 and 12. And asked them, what is your number one goal in life? Over 80% of the 10,000 kids, that's a huge sampling if you know anything about poll taking, said their number one goal in life was to be famous. Famous. Their number one goal is not to be rich. It's not to have a great career. It's not to be happy. It's not, and I get 10 or 12 years aren't thinking about this, but it wasn't financial security. I just hit puberty up here. It wasn't to have great friendships. It wasn't to have good grades. It was to be famous. You say with their kids, Gary, that's true. How many of you here today are between the ages of 22 and 37? 22 and 37, hold your hands up. 22 and 37, thank you, put your hands down. Did you know that they did a similar study of people, young people, between 22 and 37. One out of nine people they polled 
so they would walk away from their family, mom, dad, aunts, brothers, sisters, walk away from their family and never have contact with them again if it meant they could be famous. They did not define what being famous meant. One in six said they would sign a contract saying they would never get married ever. They would give up the joy, the pain, the agony, the awesomeness, all that comes with marriage, because marriage is awesome, even the horrible things. I mean, the craziness is awesome. They would give it up to be famous. One in four said they would sign a piece of paper saying they would never have children when they were around their brother and sister's children. That went up to three out of four. I'm just kidding. One out of four said they would never have children just simply for the opportunity to be famous. (laughs) We're chasing fame. I haven't even told my wife this. The problem is we're chasing fame, and fame's a broad term because you can be famous for all the wrong things. I get these messages all the time, like legit messages, all the time from casting agents. Always want to do reality show on our church. Want to do reality shows on me. I literally, I literally have a meeting coming up with William Shatner where he's wanting to do a reality show where I go around and I, I meet with wrestling promotions that are horrible and help them get back on track and stuff. And um, like, it's crazy. But this week I got a message from the TV show that they're revitalizing and rebooting, Wife Swap. They said, man, we're looking through your portfolio. I don't even have, I've never even seen in a portfolio. Don't even know what a portfolio is. But these people knew all kinds of, down to, you're a pastor with tattoos that runs a wrestling promotion and puts on beer festivals. And, blah. and I was like, I know all this stuff. And then they were like, it's $25,000 for four days. That's the problem with some of you chase money and you chase fame. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to pray about it. Because make no mistake about it, I, 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 I am... All, I don't have any problem being out there, but I, there are certain things I want to be out there for, th- certain things I don't want to be out there for. And I said, thank you so much. Not the right fit for me. Well, do you know anybody? So some of you will be getting a message real soon. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I sent him one of our wrestlers named Logan Creed. And I said, this guy is the guy for you. Get him on your show. We're chasing that fame and we don't care what type of fame it is. <laughs> we need to understand something. There's nothing wrong with fame. There's nothing wrong with being known. Matter of fact, I dare say when you're the best at what you do, you're going to be known. You might be known in your field. You might be known in a certain industry. You might be known wherever. There's nothing inherently wrong with being known. The problem comes when we begin to chase being known. 
There's nothing sinful at all about being famous. If you're the best of the best, you're the best of the best. If you're known in your field, that's awesome. But the problem comes when we begin to chase that notoriety. When it begins to consume us. When we begin to make decisions based on, is this going to make me known instead of, is this fulfill the purpose of my life? You could even make an argument that there are times when God actually made people famous in the Old Testament. <clears throat> David is a great example of this. In 1 Chronicles 14, when David was obedient to God, God made him famous. The Bible says, so David did as God commanded him. And they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gazar. So David's fame spread throughout every land. And the Lord made all the nations fear him. God made a guy named Solomon famous. Solomon was the son of David. God came to Solomon like a genie and said, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon didn't ask for the riches of the world. He didn't ask for the most beautiful women of the world. He didn't ask for the most power in all the world. He said, Give me wisdom. God was so impressed that this man was so humble and what his desires were to want. Solomon became the richest man in the world. He ended up with something like 700 different wives, so I guess I don't know how wise he was. But um, <laughs> I don't know if he's that wise. He ended up with all the notoriety. He was known throughout the land. He was feared throughout the land. God made him famous, but he never chased that fame. It's not wrong to be famous, but the pursuit of fame, listen to me today, a pursuit of fame can be a very dangerous thing. Pursuing notoriety, pursuing accolades, making sure you get the credit for what you do, the problem with that is it takes away from the heart of God. It takes away from other people, and it moves you towards a life of self-centeredness. It moves you towards a life. By the way, I'm preaching to myself today. You just get to be part of it. It moves you away from your motives being pure and your desires being pure, and it moves you away from making decisions that are made for the right because you make the decision on, hey, how is this going to make me known? a dangerous thing we live in a day and time where the accessibility to fame is a lot different dare i say we live in a day and time where fame is a lot different you used to actually have to do something of significance to be famous like land on the moon like become president invent electricity be a great athlete, like rushes and sets all the records. Like you had to do something back in the day to be famous. It meant something to be famous. When you said, they're famous, it meant something. Great musician that people come from all over to see. When you saw him out in public, it was something special. I kid you not. I went to the Thomas Rhett concert last night. I took my daughter to the Thomas Rhett concert. I have a connection down at Lakewood, and they got us in the meet and greet, and we were down in the pit in the, on the front. 
Thomas freaking Rhett, one of the hottest country acts in the world. 20-something thousand people there to see him. Dustin Lynch opens up for him. Emily gets to go to a private concert with like 20 people with Dustin Lynch. She gets to go backstage and meet him and blah, 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 blah. Guys that are famous. And she was excited and cool. We get in the pit, and Emily's freaking out. What are you freaking out about? And she's pointing. I'm like, who's that? It was some teenage girl. That's the girl on YouTube that shoves her face into bread. I said, what? She takes different kinds of bread and she puts it up to her face and just shoves her face through it. I said, did you say she had mental problems or you said she was famous? Gary, listen to what she told me. She gets seven to eight million views. She quit school. She's getting paid now. She said, Dad, she didn't call me Dad. Gary, close my mind. Coca-Cola sponsors her. I said, what? Yeah, she always has a Coke can in her videos. where Because Coke wants people to know that she drinks Coke. I said, Coke wants people to know that she sticks her face through bread? Like, I said, she puts her face through bread? I, like, I think, I, I'm asking myself, is Emily talking in a lingo that I don't understand? Like, maybe I don't know what she's talking about? Yeah! I'm going to go get a selfie with her. What? You just met Dustin Lynch. You were three feet. Thomas Red just sweat on you. And you're with me. No, I didn't say that. See? Got shaved name. You know what I mean? You don't even have to do anything nowadays to be famous. And we have a generation that is chasing fame. I go to this concert last night. And these people, I've officially hit that age too. This is depressing to me. Okay? This is going to be very inappropriate. I, and excuse me if you're first time guest. I don't know what to tell you. I'm still a guy and I'm still human, okay? So off to the side were these two scantily clad girls. And they're making out kissing and rubbing all over each other and I officially hit the age where I'm like that's not hot I have a daughter like that what is their dad thinking like I wanted to go and be like hey girls man you got a dad like don't be doing that like I have an 18 year old daughter now and I, all I can say like that kind of depressed me I'm like I'm that age now I'm that old man now where I don't even want to see girls make out because I got kids that age but all these kids are standing around while the concert's going on. Now, I'm used to people taking selfies, but I notice they're all talking into their phones. I'm like, what are they doing? So I asked the 12-year-old, what are they doing? Because I'm old. Don't want to see girls making out. My feet are hurting. I've been standing for four hours now. This is horrible. It was a horrible night. And she said, they probably... And then she looks and she goes, walks up behind them. She sees their screen. She goes, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're live broadcasting on their YouTube shows. I said, who's watching their, like I'm talking about 40, 50 people are doing this around me. 
I said, are people watching these shows? When Emily said, they might. And they might, something might crazy might happen and it goes viral. She had no idea what I was preaching. And then they'll be famous. So you might not struggle with this, but you need to understand this principle because your kids are struggling with this. When we begin to crave notoriety, we don't want any kind of rejection. We want notoriety because it feeds our ego. We have this breeding ground, this hunger for acceptance. And social media does nothing but feed into it. Like I said, man, there's just all these kids nowadays, people, adults willing to walk away from everything for fame. It's not wrong to be famous. It's wrong to pursue famous. Nowadays, you can be famous for the stupidest stuff. I'm addicted on Facebook. I'm addicted to this kid named Superhuman. I think he's a gift from God. And the fact is, he's probably a mentally disabled kid who stands on his front porch and jumps off his front porch through barbed wire, jumps off his front porch through glass, thumbtacks, bricks, microwave oven the other day and bounced like four feet in the air and I broke two ribs and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And this kid's becoming famous. I'm a promoter. I run a wrestling promotion. I message superhuman. Don't know his name. I called him. I said, hey, Mr. Superhuman. <laughs> My name's Gary Lamb. I run a wrestling promotion. Love to bring you in for a show. You could jump off our stage. You know what he told me? I would love to do it. My booking fee is $5,000. Good for him. But people like me feed this kind of stuff. I'm going to watch this. He's supposed to post a video today. I'm trying to get out of here today where I can go watch his video. He's famous for destroying his body. You don't have to do anything nowadays to be famous. Does anybody remember about six months ago? I'm going to tell you the story you might remember. Does anybody remember Alex from Target? Yep, Alex from Target. Alex was a teenage boy working at Target. Beep, beep. That's the cash register sign. I do sound effects too. Alex had a Twitter account. Alex's Twitter account had 116 followers, which meant he had no followers. A girl sees Alex at Target. Beep, beep, beep. She stands off to the side and takes a picture of Alex and posts, oh my God, Alex is so cute. Or, I don't think she even knew his name. This kid's so cute. And her friend saw it and shared it. And their friend saw it and shared it. And their friend saw it and shared it. And in 24 hours, Alex went from 116 followers to 350,000 followers, and he was on CNN News as the cutest teenager in America. 
You used to have to land on the moon to be famous. Now you can scan something at Target and be famous. I'm not knocking out. It's good for him. But you can't pursue fame. And we're all trying to pursue. We're all trying to receive that affirmation. I love this quote from Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey said this. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. That's a good quote. He said, I wish that every single person could be rich, famous, and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. He said, I have all the money in the world. I have all the fame in the world. And guess what? He still comes up empty, and he's chasing blank. Now he's not chasing notoriety anymore. He's chasing peace. He's chasing the opposite because the pendulum swings the other way. He's chasing solitude. He's chasing the ability to go to the grocery store and not be stopped by hundreds of people. The problem is when we're chasing the wrong thing and there's only one thing we should be chasing, and we'll get to that at the end of the message, we're going to come up lacking. I think the greatest story in the Bible of a guy who had this under control is the story of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist comes on the scene, and John the Baptist had one goal and one goal only, one mission and one mission only. If you don't know who John the Baptist was, he was a guy who was, he was the cousin of Jesus, and he came before Jesus. And his job was to let the world know Jesus was coming. And John was a little bit crazy. He wore animal skins. He lived out in the wilderness. He had a diet of locusts and honey. If you ate locusts and honey all the time, you'd be a little bit crazy too had this long beard. He was kind of a mild, wild man. He didn't care what anybody thought about him. I mean, he preached a message of repent, turn, or burn. Jesus is coming. And here's what happened to John. John started to get famous. Everywhere John the Baptist went. You know the, what John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have in common? Anybody? Their middle names. Um, you'll get that later. That's a dad joke, and um, I'm not even going to tell it to you. I'm not even going to give you the punchline. If you didn't figure it out, I can't help you. John, everywhere he went, thousands of people are following John. The followers start telling John, you need to set up your kingdom. Quit talking about this Jesus and make the people follow you. And, they, and, and Man, it would have been real easy for John to be like, you know what, you're right. Look what I'm doing. I need to get that blue check mark by my Instagram. I need to build this John the Baptist brand where I can start selling T-shirts and start charging for appearance fees and making myself known. But every time they came to John and said, hey, quit preaching Jesus and preach your message, look what he said in John 3.30. He said, he must become greater and I must become less. <laughs> John said, I need you to see more Jesus and less me. How many of us can do that today? We can't do it because we're addicted to the notoriety. We're addicted to the fame. We're addicted to people praising us. I remember having a volunteer one time here at church, and they were killing it in a certain area of this church. And they came and said, I just can't do this anymore. I said, why? This because I do all this work, and so and so gets all the credit. I said, who cares? I said, I know what's wrong, but I care. Boy. That need for notoriety will eat you up. 
John said, man, it ain't about me. It's about Jesus. I don't need more fame. I need to point people to Jesus. I'm not impressed that people are praising John the Baptist. I want them to be praising Jesus. If they hear my message and they think John the Baptist, I have failed. I want them to hear Jesus. People ask me all the time, why don't you promote the church like you do wrestling and all these other businesses? I I don't promote this church because I'm not in the business of promoting Jesus. Jesus promotes Jesus. It's not the Gary Lamb show, contrary to popular belief. It's not the Phil May show. Grady can preach, and you guys post 10,000 more times about how great it was than I am, and I love it. I used to not. 15 years ago, I wouldn't have loved it. Now it lets me know it's about Jesus. Phil misses last week, and people missed it, but no one complained. Why? Because as much as we love Phil, it's about Jesus. I think if we've done anything well here, it's not about traditions. It's about Jesus. And John said, man, I don't need to be known. My mission in life is not to be known. I don't need to be famous. I don't need the big crowds. I need to send people to Jesus. I need to send people to Jesus. If they don't see what I'm doing and see Jesus in it, then I failed. If they don't see, yes, we're feeding people, but we're doing it in the name of Jesus, we failed. And they don't see, hey, yes, we're housing people, but we're doing it in the name of Jesus, then we failed. You've got to be intentional because it's so easy to feed the ego. It's so easy to feed the pride. It's so easy to feed that desire to want to be known. And we've got to get to the point where we are always checking ourselves. So when it comes to our activities and what we're doing and chasing fame, how do we make sure we're in line? Real simple, we've got to ask ourselves two questions every time we do something. The first thing we've got to ask, question number one, is who are you representing? Who are you representing? When you show up at an event, when you show up at the grocery store, when you show up wherever it is, when you post on Facebook, when you talk to somebody, who are you representing? And please don't BS me and give me the churchy answer. Jesus. Everywhere I go, it's Jesus. No, it's not. That sounds good. My kids irritate the crap out of me. It's almost become a running joke. On Sundays, hey, what'd you guys learn over in the kids' area? Jesus. What'd you learn about Jesus today? Jesus. Oh, okay. Like, just the churchy answer. We just, Jesus. Now, here's the deal. We should be representing Jesus. We should realize that this world out there, the only Jesus they're ever going to see is us. You heard me say it before. There's two reasons people don't attend church. Number one, they've never met a Christian. Number two, they've met a Christian. And they want nothing to do with the church. I like to think I'm representing Jesus a lot of times, but so many times if I don't keep myself in check, I'm representing me. How did that make me look? How did that come across? How many friend requests did that end up me getting? How many times did that get shared? Who did I make mad today? I don't mind making people mad, but I want to make sure I make them mad when my motives appear and it's about Jesus. 
It's so funny, probably the most controversial thing we've ever had here at the church was the needle exchange thing. For those of you who don't know, a couple of years ago, we had the idea of doing a needle exchange. You bring your dirty needles, we give you clean needles. I'm not getting into whether you like it or don't like it, don't really care. Posted it on Facebook, never in a million years. Everybody's like, you did that, are you crazy? I didn't, never in a million years thought that would get people upset. I think the last time I looked, it had been shared 2,300 times. The Atlanta Journal wrote about it. News channels wrote about it. We got death threats over it. Um, somebody called the CDC and told them we had bags of dirty needles around here, though we had never even taken one needle. Um, the sheriff's department called us talking about we were breaking the law. We weren't breaking the law. We weren't doing anything, and people lost their mind. And people throughout the whole thing said, how are you staying so calm? Here's how I stayed so calm throughout that. I knew who I was representing. I wasn't trying to create controversy when I said that. I, for one of the few times in my life, ignorance was bliss. I didn't know that was a controversial thing. It's not controversial in the, the circles I roll in. They give out needles. I still don't understand what the controversy is over it. But the whole time, everybody's stressed. You guys are going to war over it. And then you're getting mad at me that I'm not going to war. I'm like, I don't care. Because I wasn't trying to stir it up. I'm representing Jesus. If I can keep a junkie alive till I can keep him straight or I kill him, let's do it. You've got to know your motives up here. Who are you representing? Who are you really representing? This is, this is what Paul said we should do, 2 Corinthians. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. An ambassador is the highest-ranking diplomat sent from one nation to another. And God says, we're his ambassadors. He left us here to be the Jesus that people see. And the problem is, what most Jesus that people see is these religious people who aren't following the Jesus of the Bible. And the world needs to see the real Jesus. They need to see the Jesus that loved people right where they were. They need to see the Jesus that loved people no matter their sexual preference, the color of their skin, or their social standing. People need to see the Jesus who loved people that he didn't even always agree with. People need to see the Jesus who just loved people and loved God. Not the political Jesus we've created. Not the preference Jesus we've created. Not the tradition Jesus we've created. Not the denominational Jesus we've created. But the Jesus of the Bible. We have complicated Jesus. Because the church was scared to give people free will. The church said, man, we can't let people think for themselves. They might do stupid stuff. So we'll scare them in doing these things. No. Who are you representing? When you make that post and you go off on a rampage, are you representing Jesus? Or are you representing yourself? And I'm not saying I'm great at this. I'm just telling you what we got to do. Who are you representing? As an ambassador of Christ, when you walk into the room, does light walk in the room? Or does darkness walk in the room? When we walk into a room and we're ambassadors for Christ, does hope walk in the room? Or does ego walk in the room? When you go into work, do people see Jesus? Or do they see you in your sinful actions? 
We've got to let the Spirit of God lead us in our things. Now, again, I doesn't mean we turn into this traditional religious thing. Well, I'm never going to be that. Someone wrote on my face. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Someone wrote on my face. I guess they came to my wrestling show, and I said the word shit. And um, they were like, you're going to burn in hell, and you're sending people to hell, and hell's going to be hot where you go. And so I posted a gif of, of a devil dancing. And I knew I was preaching the sermon. I said, well, Jesus? And I was like, yeah, probably. So I was cool with it. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. I could have went on a rampage against the lady and made it all about me. And I could have shared the post because you know what I intentionally started? I intentionally almost shared it where all you would start attacking her. Because I knew you would. But you know what that would have done? That would have fed my ego. <laughs> Look at this stupid idiot. Look at all these people get back at her. And I said, I just poked at her one time and moved on. I woke up this morning, it's like a five-page direct message from her. King James English and telling me how I was going to burn in hell. I said, thank you, have a great day. Moved on. Representing Jesus. Question number two, we're going to be done. Whose approval matters most? So when you go out and you do whatever you do, who are you representing? And second of all, whose approval matters the most? Are you trying to seek the approval of your spouse? the approval of your friends, the approval of all the people you don't know on social media? Are you trying to get everyone to like everything you do even though you don't even know them? Are you trying to impress people you don't know with money you don't have to buy things you don't need? Are you looking for the approval of Jesus? <laughs> when you're with the boys and you're laughing at jokes you shouldn't be laughing at, are you looking for their approval or are you looking for Jesus' approval? We crave being known. We crave being noticed. We crave being admired. We crave being respected. We crave being followed. We crave being popular. It's so funny. We got out of high school and we still it's a popularity contest. Everybody wants to be in the cool crowd. I don't want to. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Even those that don't want to, do. That's why you go join little tribes. He's talking to the other and he's like, yeah, I just joined the motorcycle club. I said, Why? Man, brotherhood. It's cool. Something different. I said, something different? Yeah. I said, well, all seven of you look the same. Well, what do you mean? So we all got black and white hats on and black vest on and the same pair of blue jeans and same boots on. And he just told the worst joke ever. It wasn't even funny, and you laugh because you're scared of him. And the guy that was just looking at me, and I don't care. Because I, like, I'm so arrogant, like I think, man, if you're going to beat me up, that's all I'm after. You might be able to beat me up, but you're probably not going to get out of Canton because someone's going to beat you up before you beat me, after you beat me up. So. But I'm like, there's nothing different about you. But what was he craving? Just craving approval of anybody. You know why some of you hang out with people less than you? I don't mean people are greater. I'm just talking about people that, that, that bring you down. I need to figure out how to word that better. Because in that crowd, you're somebody. You're the one who's got it together. I want to be hanging out with people when I look around and be like, crap, I'm the screwed up one in this bunch. Because they're going to make me better. They're going to challenge me to be better. I just got into a group with a bunch of businessmen that meets once a month. And uh, I make the least amount of money in the whole group. 
Someone said, well, what are you going to learn from that? I said, what am I not going to learn from that? These guys are making three and four and five times more money than I'm making doing the same thing I'm making. I'm going to go in there and eat some crow. I'm going to go in there and swallow my pride, and I am going to learn everything I can from them. It'd be real easy to put it on Facebook, hey, I want to start a business group, and a bunch of people come around me, and I get to teach them, and that'd feed my ego. Whose approval matters most? Jesus' approval matters the most. When you live knowing you can, you're being approved by Jesus, when you can live looking, I used to always say this. It's so funny how tone is. I used to always say back in my, my super arrogant days, y'all only got semi-arrogant days, back in my super arrogant days, you'd say, it doesn't matter. I answer to one person, I meaning I answer to God. That was my cop out for everything. That was my stone cold salute to him. I answer to God. He'll tell me what to do. Now I say the same thing. I, I answer to one person. But it's a totally different demeanor in how I mean it. I'm not worried about who likes me and who doesn't like me. And Gary, did you see this on Facebook? I, I don't care. I don't mean I don't care like to be a jerk. I just mean I don't care. Christ's approval matters to me. I don't care if they don't, they haven't walked in my shoes. They haven't had to make the decisions I've had to make. They don't know what Christine and I, why we decided this factor over that factor and why we went. And just like I don't know the decisions you go through and the processes you go through and the heartaches you go through and the trials and the tribulations and all the stuff that gets there, at the end of the day, whose approval are you looking for? Are you looking for mine or are you looking for Jesus? You don't need my approval. You need Jesus' approval. The Bible says this, Paul. For we speak, as a, we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. As for human praise, we have never sought from you or anyone else that's some thick scripture right there when you live to please god you don't care if they like it i just don't think they approve of my lifestyle who cares i don't think they approve of my, who cares do you live for their approval that counts not just for people you ran with. that counts for family members that counts for siblings you answer for yourself. If you can look yourself in the mirror and know that everything you did, question number one, who are you representing was to represent Jesus. And question number two, whose approval matters most? Jesus. When it all goes back to Jesus and in your heart of hearts, who cares what anyone else thinks? Who cares if they like your post on Facebook? Who cares if you get new followers? Who cares who cares? It's always going to be opportunities to get sidetracked. This week I'm studying for this sermon. I'm digging deep. I'm researching because it's a different kind of subject for me. And while I'm studying about ego, I get an email to go watch a video. And I go click on the video because I'm easily distracted. Oh, squirrel. And it was this very, it was kind of like the, like for those of you who don't know, I run a wrestling promotion outside of church. and It was the guy, like the guy in the southeast. 
and he's kind of like the reporter that everyone listens to. He knows all the inside scoops and blah, 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 blah. And he did this video listing the 10 most powerful people in wrestling in the Southeast. So listening to it, and I thought, oh, that's cool. I've been doing this for about a year now. Maybe I'm number 10 or something. Turns out I was number one. And immediately, trying to do a sermon on ego, I'm like, yeah, man, share. Blah, 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 man. And I went on this rampage, making fun of everyone else, because it's wrestling. You can do that. It's legal. And before I could hit sin, I was like, who's this representing? And am I trying to get the approval of other people? And so I deleted it until the next day, then I posted it again. And then, <laughs> see, I struggle too. I'm not saying I got it all together. But who cares? Because here's the deal. We had a show Friday night, and it went really well. Had that video not come out, had that video not been posted where I was named number one, guess what would have happened? We'd have still had a show Friday night. And the show still would have rent real well. And we still would have packed the building out. And it would have been awesome. And all of our fans would have loved it, and they would have left. And guess what? They didn't give two rips about the video. And Friday, not one of them brought the video up. I expect everybody like, yeah, I saw you Friday, number one. We're awesome. Not one person brought it up. Not one person. It didn't matter. It's my point. Fed my ego for a second. But in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. Whose approval matters most? Jesus. When you seek Jesus, all the other things fall into place. <laughs> Who are you representing? At the end of the day, we're called to be faithful, not famous. If we're faithful, God will give us the fame, whatever that means, with the right people. The notoriety will come with the right people. No one else might know it, but the right people will know it. We got to keep our ego in check in that area. David in the Old Testament, remember David did what God commanded him to do and God made him famous? David went on, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. I love the psalm where David said, not to us, Lord, but to your name be the glory. So here's the question. When you make Jesus famous, everything else falls into place. Your job's not to make yourself famous. It's to make Jesus famous. And the Bible says, when the Son of Man is lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. We're always chasing something. Next week, I'm going to talk about the chase for money. There's nothing wrong with money. Contrary to what we believe, the Bible doesn't say money's evil. It says the love of money's evil. It says the love of money's the root of all evil. I'm talking about the different things you're chasing, but today I just want to talk about ego. Not a normal message, not a normal funny, and not even sure it really made sense. Maybe it wasn't even for anybody but me today. I just need the ego check today. And we live in a day and time where people are chasing 
fame, notoriety, name. And social media and some of the avenues in our life is feeding that. Just keep yourself in line and check. And if you don't do it for you, do it for your kids. Because they're growing up with a screwed up sense of what matters in life. 